Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends. This is episode 108 of the BJJ Brick Podcast. My name is Byron, and I'm here with my buddy Gary. How's everybody doing today? We're, I trust we're doing great. Uh, we probably have a few new listeners here to tune in to, to see what's up with our interview with Kurt Osiander. Should be an interesting time, to say the least. Yeah, I know uh, Byron and I are doing great. We uh, rolled a little bit this morning and got ourselves in a 50-50 position with chin straps. So uh, <laughs> both our necks are a little bit sore today. It wasn't the uh, – yeah, that was kind of a, a weird deal. It wasn't the classical 50-50 position, but it was like an equal position. Um, I don't know how how the takedown started or whatever, but um, we ended up. I've winning. never been caught in that position. I've never been stuck there either. We, I, I like to grab people's uh, chin or jaw, uh, and and it's a good handle. And I had that, and then and and I'm laying on my back, and Gary's laying on his back with his head next to mine. We're facing, our feet are in opposite directions, and he's got my chin, I got his, and and we were just stuck. We were, we were like putting enough torque on each other's necks, we couldn't really move. And then uh, I tried to do some trash talking, but I couldn't even trash talk because you had my my jaw was all you know I couldn't open my mouth. So that's my. I did tell Byron the first person who gets her neck broke loses. <laughs> so uh, we finally just uh, stalemated and gave up. <laughs> <laughs> I started. I think I started laughing or or something. I don't know. It was weird. A weird deal. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun though. Good 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 times on the mats this morning at uh, yep. at the open mats there. So that's good. I was going to say, speaking of good times and open match, uh, I'm trying to get your game better. Check out uh, the audio book we have. Um, uh, basically, it's a good way to support the show. Uh, it's called Your First Year in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's about two and a half hours of really just kind of like this podcast here of Byron talking, guiding you through your first year of Jiu-Jitsu and uh, helping you out with all the pitfalls and, and walking you through the journey. But it's only $11.99. Like I said, two and a half hours of content. Check it out. We have a link to it in our show notes. Uh, getting very good reviews. Yes, we do. And if you want to like a little free sample of the audiobook, uh, you can sign up for our email list. It, we send out an email every Tuesday. It's got the show notes and all the details about uh, what's happening on the podcast this week. But at the very bottom of that list, there's a link that'll take you to a Dropbox folder that has a bunch of MP3 files in there. It's stuff from us. You know, it's got it's got like a couple of the first chapters of the audiobook. Um, you know, the first chapter is finding your right gym and then, um, your first month in training. So, uh, th- those are both in there and, and you can listen to those for absolutely for free. And, uh, also got a couple of like short podcasts, um, that, that we may use on a rainy day, Gary, but one of them is called, uh, break, breaking your limits. And the other one is also called tilt, uh, making your BJJ game more balanced. So if you want a little bit of extra BJJ break action, uh, sign up for the email list. And then on Tuesday, when you get the email, go to the bottom. Open up that folder and voila, more action. Voila, it's there. Uh, hey, just a reminder: this is uh, usually usually uh, a family friendly show with our language. You know, I think uh, we try to keep it keep it that way. You know, it's martial arts, and and I know we have some kids listening, and and you know, and, and we try to support that. You know, but uh, you know, Kurt Osian, I'm not going to get Kurt Osian on here and then bleep out every time he says a, a bad word. That's that would that's, be, that's Kurt for you anyhow. Um, I, I tell you, the first time I ever saw a Kurt Osiander 
video. I, I don't remember if it's armbar or what, but uh, I just remember laughing. It's like this guy's hilarious, and you know, just f bombs flying around um, all over the place. But uh, that's Kurt for you. Um, each everybody's a little different. Yep, he's he's a bit of a wild man. So uh, with the language, if there's children around, or if you're at work playing it on your loudspeakers, it might be time to plug in the headphones when the engine gets rolling. Um, and just uh, I think you know, Gary and I are adults here, and 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 we're used to you know colorful language, I guess. But um, some of the language is a little bit more colorful than than would imagine. And and there's uh, not just like the typical f word. There's also one that's. Uh, Kind of a derogatory term towards homosexuals. So, uh, if that's offensive, uh, feel free to wait for next episode. We're going to be talking about this after the show, after the interview. So, um, I think it was relevant to leave it on there so we could have a little discussion about about that. And uh, so, just be forewarned: there's not just f bombs and and you know, and just your typical language. It's a little bit more uh, out there than than your typical. Swear words or yeah, there'll be F and F bombs. <laughs> so we're dropping. It's going to be clocks away today. We're we're dropping them. So we're ready. I know everybody listened to our episode last week. Uh, we had a great episode with John Will, and uh, today you're going to get a little double dose because we have our quote from John Will this week. Never interrupt an enemy when he's making a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, you know, People are on the mat. They're rolling around. Your your opponent's making a big mistake, and you're too busy distracting him with what you're trying to do. <laughs> Don't interrupt him. Let him make the mistake. So chill out and let it happen. Wow, that's that's awesome. And uh, you know, I, I think about my jujitsu. I'm constantly making mistakes. It's just up to the person to see them and to take advantage of that. <laughs> yes. And they may not because they're so. <laughs> focused on what they're trying to do so again it comes down to observation and relaxing and chilling out and you get to see lots of stuff yep this is that's that's a great uh, great quote man i really like that uh never interrupt an enemy when he is making a mistake and i guess i never really broke it down into into that it's uh like you said there you're making mistakes but we just need to relax and and see it and instead of just being so focused on the end result um uh, Never interrupt an enemy when he's making a mistake. Awesome words of advice, right there. Yeah, that was a, a really fun interview. Uh, if you if you if you're new to the show, definitely go back and listen to episode 107 with John Will. It, it was an um, amazing interview. A lot of great advice for students and coaches alike. But um, I don't know. I th- I think I think I make a lot of mistakes. I'm a, I have a black belt around my waist, and I think my mistakes are. I'm constantly making uh, mistakes that can be capitalized if you um, are able to, to, to see them and, and to, to move when it's time. I think that's common with most people, you know, like, or, or does my mistake match up against your game very well? But, you know, especially at the lower levels, there's a lot of mistakes being made. A lot of mistakes being made there. Yep. If, I, if, if, if White Belt Gary and White Belt Byron are, are rolling and, and I want to do one particular move, Gary might be handing me a different thing. So it's important to open up your eyes occasionally, look at what's being handed to you, and take the easy uh, submission or, or position change or whatever you might get. Yeah, what's being given to you. And, and like John says, you need to relax and, and just see, you know, look at your surroundings, see what's going on. Like, you know, what's being given to you. Take that instead of forcing the action, trying to uh, impose your will on what you're what – you're, what you were trying to, you know, you, you may have had it in your head that I'm going to finish this submission and you're going and going and going. You're pushing against a brick wall. 
sit back, relax, look what they're giving you. And uh, a lot of times it's something else and uh, you need to, be, need to be ready to capitalize on that. Th- let, th- let the enemy make the mistake. I think a, a classic example would be if, you know, back to, to White Belt Byron and Gary here. I'm in Gary's guard and I'm uh, trying to like punch choke Gary. So I have his his same side collar and I'm pushing that across his neck and I'm, I'm trying to choke Gary from within his own guard. And he could fight that choke, and he could push me away, and he could try to fight my hands, or just hand me the arm bar, or just just take the arm bar and uh, end, the, end it right there. So, um, just I'm clearly making a mistake doing that. So, I don't know. There, there's a lot of mistakes that, to be made and capitalized on. So, don't interrupt your enemy. Let him do it. Let him do it. So, uh, you know that was. I enjoyed John Will's quote. I enjoyed his interview. So let's hop on his website and get a get a uh, little article from John Will. We're, we're getting a lot of uh, John Will Dose on this episode here, then, and that's great. You know, the crazy thing is me and Byron are always looking for articles for for our show, and neither, neither of us ever went to John's site. And, boy, uh, we were like a kid in a candy store, just uh, incredible stuff there. So uh, definitely check it out. It's it's going to help your game. Just, just, you know, check it out on his blog. He's got some very good stuff there. This so he has it's sweet because he does like short, short little posts about you know a, a topic or two, and uh, it, it seems like he does them all very regularly. So um, very yeah, like, very great resource that's out there. Um, it's going to be um, uh, bjjaustralia.blogspot.com or you can go to bjj.com.au and you'll you'll find the way there. Or <laughs> picking this really, you try to easier or too complicated. I don't know. You go to our website and I'll put a link on it in the show notes. Yeah, and then save it to your favorites. Easy way right there. Sounds like a good plan, Gary. But this uh, this particular uh, article or post we want to talk about is is called uh, "All Roads Lead to Rome: A BJJ Concept." And is he talking about Rome, Italy, Rome, New York, Rome, Georgia? I'm not sure which Rome. It depends on which oh. road you're on, Gary. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, the, the idea that he's this concept he's sharing with us in this in this post is that if you have a a position you like, he I think he gave you yeah he had the example of crucifix. You could have ten finishes from crucifix, but if you only have one way to get there. You're probably not going to get to use those those uh, finishes very much. So find new ways to get to your uh, dominant positions. You need to funnel the match in, in a way to where your opponent ends up where you want them to end up. So if if Gary has me um, in in side control and I'm stuck on the bottom, maybe I could hip out and I could you know be in the crucifix position, um, you know, two moves away. If I'm past his guard, it's a move. You know, it could be a move way. If he's in turtle, it could be a move way. So I need to find like quick transitions to get to where I want to be and where I'm strong. And I, I really like this approach. And uh, he was saying uh, he learned it from Higgin Machado. And I've always kind of almost looked at it the other way. I'm always get the position and then try to find as many submissions as possible and, and work on those and. And, you know, I'm kind of looking at it another way, and I really do like this avenue. Um, let's find as many possible ways to get there. Let's get one really good submission. And then once we get that one really good submission, but let's let's get as many ways to get to the position where I can finish 
and then let's start looking at different finishes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really like that. I'm going to start incorporate, incorporating this style of uh, uh, teaching into my game. Another, I think another way you can look at this is that, uh, for an example, would be like guys who are good at leg locks. You know, you could you could throw over your leg and go for that knee bar, or or get lock up fifty fifty from a lot of different positions. You know, you, you're relative, you're you're able to get there. Even if you're able to to move much, you know, you're not totally stuck. Um, you're usually within a few seconds away from possibly being where you want to be. From standing, you could roll to a leg lock position, and you know, from guard, top or bottom didn't matter. And, and from side control, you could you could go from there from top. And if you're on the bottom of side control, you know, if you get your hips in there and, and, and start getting your legs in, you can start attacking immediately. It's just that's just an example, I guess. But no matter what you're trying to do, what position you're trying to get to, try to find quick avenues to get there, and it's going to help you out. Yep. So a great article, and like we said, check out his uh, website, his blog spot there, and uh, I guarantee you'll get some great information and it'll help your game immediately. Um, so uh, check it out. We'll have a link on our show notes. Sounds good. Yep, Byron, I think it's time to uh, get to our interview with uh, Mr. Kurt Osiander. Okay, we'll roll the interview, and just a heads up, colorful language ahead. He is the most interesting grappler in the world. Ronda Rousey's mom taught him a few judo throws in exchange for some armbar tips. In the finals of his most recent tournament, he was stuck in a triangle. He managed to take a selfie and post it on Facebook before escaping. He can call an IBJJF referee anytime, day or night, to find out what condition his condition is in. Dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the BJJ Brick Podcast. I push my soul. Stay sweaty, my friends. All right, my friends, I'm happy to bring Kurt Osiander to the BJJ Brick Podcast. Kurt, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you, and uh, I'm sure a lot of us have learned from your uh, your teachings every week. We're excited to get to know you a little bit better and, uh, and see what's going on. Cool. Could you just introduce yourself a little bit uh, to, to the audience if they haven't heard from you or heard of you? I am... Kurt Osiander, I'm head instructor here at Ralph Gracie San Francisco Academy. Um, I'm known because of my move of the week uh, exploits, and uh, <laughs> that's about it, man. What made you start the move of the week? Uh, my students, you know, they were tech guys, and they just started going, hey, do, do something and, and we'll film it. And I'm like, all right. And this started a long time ago. One of my students who moved back to New York, uh, Dimitri McKay, was, you know, the first guy to start filming us, filming me and, and putting it up and putting it with some music. And he did a thing on Luke, too. And then uh, it, t- it started taking off because we do one every now and then. And we were totally just fooling around. I, I had no idea what was going to develop into and um, then uh, my guys that do, like, 
convention shows and product advertisement and stuff like that. They have all the cool cameras and know how to edit. And so that's when my, um, my stuff started to have better graphics and, um, and intro music and shit. And so I think that packaging made it look a little bit better. And then, um, I got picked up by a show and roll, uh, uh, full sponsorship and everything after, uh, you know, starting to do, uh, get a lot of, uh, attention and that just made it snowball even more. And then, uh, Budo Jake and Budo Dave came up here and did, uh, rolled up and it gained more inertia. And then Stuart came up here at, uh, Bill Thomas's, uh, request from, uh, Q5 and did, uh, a documentary. And then, uh, the rest is fucking just happened. <laughs> Totally accidentally. <laughs> well, they there's a lot of people online teaching techniques. Um, what about yours sets you apart? You think? Uh, maybe I'm not so serious. Yeah. Uh, or I, I I like to have a little bit more fun and um yeah you know I just I just do what I do because I don't think that uh, a lot of the other guys I think there's their teachers were a little bit more worried about etiquette and stuff like that. So uh, health uh, pretty much has like a more common sense type of etiquette. And so maybe that's why I'm still uh, a little bit wilder than the other guys. <laughs> you say etiquette like, um, I don't know, there's, there's different ways to look at etiquette. Um, you could look at the way somebody talks and, and the way that they act in public, or you could look at the way that they treat other people. Uh, what's what's important with etiquette with you? It's it's all the above, but you know, like I'm more like a, a common sense guy. Yeah. So you know, you come into the academy, you say hi to your your you know your peers here. You say hi to your instructor. You bow on a mat. You. Keep yourself clean. Your gi is clean. You respect the academy by keeping it clean and not making a mess, you know, and stuff like that. And treat, you know, people the way you want to be treated. Uh, it's, you know, man, it's so much, it's just common sense, you know. But then there's a lot of guys that got raised by like a more of a uh, old school where you fucking bow, bow, Bow again, bow to me, <laughs> and uh, it's very much more uh, a strict environment, you know. And uh, there's a lot of the things here that I'm trying to do with people, rather than fucking be really strict on um, face the wall and tie your belt, fucking stuff like that. You know, it's not really uh, important. It more. More important is common sense, you know? That's what I think uh, a lot of society has uh, lost touch with. Yeah. How has that uh, that idea of you and how you, uh, the common sense attitude of things, how has that shaped the culture of your of your school there? Um, my guys know that we can, they can cut it up, but they know when it's, you know, serious time and then, you know, when it's over, it's, it's back to, you know, you know, being in a more relaxed state, you know, um, I'll tell you right now that 
I don't think that there's any lack of respect here. Everybody who comes here says that all my students are very nice, respectful, and train really, really hard. And so that's the best compliment I think I can get is that they say that, man, your academy is really clean, and you guys are really fucking good, and they're really nice. And they have a good experience, and and they spread the word, you know. So I... I've only had a few, a couple bad Yelp reviews <laughs> because of saying stuff to people that of, of how I feel about certain issues and things, which maybe not, you know, rub them the wrong way. So the thing is, a lot of people think, oh, everything's fucking cool uh, here in, in San Francisco. You can, you can pretty much fucking do anything. Doesn't mean I fucking think it's cool. And they're like, Kurt, are you sure you're from California? I'm, like, I'm actually a real California. I was born, raised here. And so there's some aspects of California, you know, a lot of guys thought, oh, Kurt's got long hair. He must be a fucking hippie. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not a fucking hippie. I fucking hate hippies. I'm a fucking Hesher, man. I'm a barbarian. I don't like fucking hippies. So, um, one, uh, one review was like, I was, a. Uh, how can I say, I was politically incorrect. Yeah. They were asking me if I had beginner classes. And I go, no, we don't do that faggot shit. And uh, the person looked at me and was like in shock. And I'm like, what? You know, what's the problem? You said the F word in them all. Huh? I didn't say fuck. No, you said said the other word in them all. What, faggot? (laughs) And you say I got a bad review for that and a phone call the next day they wanted to talk to my boss. <laughs> so I, I told on myself, I go, hell, hey, look, these people might call and complain because I said faggot. He's all, fuck them, goddamn faggots. <laughs> and I'm like, exactly, fuck them. So um, I, I just want to kind of just clear things up. Is there that's not a word that people use very often do you have is somebody like is a homosexual can they train in your gym do you have a problem with them or, or do you let them train somewhere else um you know what my my guys are funny they're like Kurt, you don't know and i'm all i i don't and and just leave me in my ignorance <laughs> so that i don't know um you know it's just like a. The military is doing that don't ask, don't tell. So don't, I don't ask and, and don't fucking tell me. But, okay. Um, okay. Um, I kind of see where you're going on that. Um, you mentioned you don't do beginner classes. Uh, why is that? Put a bunch of beginners together. They just fucking hurt each other and suck. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh... it's, I, I believe very much so in the way that I was – brought up it's like a trickle down effect i I was the uh, first batch i was in the first batch that was created here and uh, we uh we were lucky because we were very few and really hardcore and those guys all turned out very very successful with really good jiu-jitsu teams and so i did not want to switch to the mcjitsu style where, hey, everybody can do jiu-jitsu. I don't think that it is for everybody. I mean, I think it's great what it does for people, but it's definitely not for everybody. That, okay. Um, 
I agree. Jujitsu is not for everybody, but to me, it seems like uh, if a friend is interested in it, they could be an athletic person. They could be tough, and they can come in, and I'm going to tell them, give it a try. You know, try it for a week or a month, and if it's not for you, you'll know it's not for you. But um, same thing, like kind of a nerdier kid comes in, and I'll tell them the same thing, and it could be for them. For that's kind of what I've seen with jujitsu. Uh, it may not be for everybody, but. I can't look at somebody and tell if they're going to be able to do jujitsu well or not. Does that make sense? Totally. Totally. You don't know if the big tough guy is going to fucking come in here and bitch out and leave. And then I got a bunch of tech guys coming here and they stick it out. And after a while, there are fucking some dangerous tech guys. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more of a, a personality thing. But when, when I hear I totally that, it's not believe very, in that. Okay. You've done quite a bit of work with uh, Mission 22. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about that and, and what that means to you? I think it's super cool that, well, in the beginning there, I was either going to cut my hair and join the military, get my ass out of the fire, you know, or uh, or do jiu-jitsu. Either way, I ended up cutting my hair and doing something for a really long time with a lot of dedication and discipline. And um What's cool is it came full circle, and those guys, uh, they got a hold of me through friending my wife, and because um, I ran out of room for friends, <laughs> and, um, and um, so they contacted, and they're like, hey, are you Kurt's wife? And she's like, yeah, so that I got hooked up with uh, uh, Jeff Perez and um, uh, Julia Gumper and Mission 22, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm in, I want to help these guys, and I want to do as much possible for, you know, for the uh, American soldiers. And so, and I'm, I'm totally for that. And regardless of, uh, our, uh, policy of, of the United States, I'm going to support our, our guys that are, are doing the work, you know? So, uh, a soldier coming home, uh, w- w- what recommendation, why was the, why would they want to do jiu-jitsu? How does it help them? You think? It's basically when you come into the academy, you could have whatever kind of problems. And when you get on the mat, you better forget about all that shit. <laughs> that doesn't matter because now I, it's, uh, you are totally focused on yourself and what's going on. And, you know, I think that's, that's a, a good, uh, distraction. Uh, I, uh, personally, the, the guys coming back are, are coming back from a state of heightened existence and uh, they come back to normal life and it is boring as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I think that uh, jiu-jitsu replaces a little bit of, of that for them so that, you know, they only have to think about the consequences on the mat rather than, you know, dwell on the outside life of uh, of mundane existence. Yeah, it, it, I think it is. It's a good uh, distraction, and it could be, uh, like you mentioned, it, sometimes regular life could be boring, and that's not what they're used to. Uh, so it's a it's it's a good good. I think it's great, and and being able to exercise and and to get the the sense of the team there um, really helps out a lot too. Yeah, you get you know you make a bunch of good friends and a support system. And- you know, depending on uh, how gung ho you want to be, you know, if you want to train really, really hard, which usually those guys like that kind of stuff. So, 
You know, everybody does that jiu-jitsu for their own goals and stuff. So not everybody wants to be a maniac. Some people, you know, I just want to train fun. Some want to get healthy, you know. Regardless, you're going to get something out of it. What were your main goals when you started? Um, I was uh, partying too much and really fat. And I was going through a divorce, and so I needed distraction. And I had fallen away from doing sports, which I was meant to do, uh, and got into the music scene. And then I came back to doing sports, and then uh, that's uh, that was the the thing that I needed to do. You know, once I got into jujitsu, I I drank the Kool Aid and I fucking trained what fucking were the- every day all day. What were the sports that you were into earlier when you were younger? Uh, as soon as I was born, I was in soccer shoes and I was playing soccer, quite uh, high-level soccer. My dad's a, a soccer coach. He was the coach for the United States national team and the Olympic team for the United States and coached a bunch of the really good uh, professional teams here in the United States. And so I was being groomed to be a soccer player. And um, <laughs> right there – in that make or break period when you're like 20s, you know, 20, 19, 20, everything. I was like, hey, dad, I'm not going to play soccer this year. I'm going <laughs> to go join a speed metal band. And he was not so happy. Yeah, I could uh, I could see that being uh, who he is. Um, so did any of your soccer experience translate over to the mats? Uh, that was just uh, how to how to train, you know. I knew that you train a lot, you train all the time, and then uh, that was easy. Once I got into the groove and fucking dumped all the fat off my body, I, I just jumped in and trained every day, all day. If you've got a, a student in junior high or high school and they want to do jiu-jitsu and they kind of are considering doing a high school sport, um, would you recommend that or you just think they should stay on the mat or just kind of pursue what they want? You know, uh, a lot of my my little guys they get into uh, junior high and they start doing the wrestling and they they fucking kill it. Yeah, and, and it's pretty cool because jujitsu uh, makes you good. For, and they've already had been doing jujitsu for quite a while. And they go into wrestling and they win, you know, all the local everything and they're champion of whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in the area, or they go to sections and then some of our guys. Uh, one of our black belts, he goes, oh, I'm going to go back to college and do wrestling. So his first year back in fucking JC, he fucking went, he went second in the fucking California, which is quite incredible. How you doing? That's how you doing? So, yeah, you know, and I tell him always to play. And me, myself, I always wanted to play fucking American football. Yeah, but you were, you were kind of in the soccer crowd, huh? I was in the soccer crowd. But I always wanted to play fucking football because that's, you know, in high school, that's what the chicks want. <laughs> so uh, you you kind of got into MMA a little bit there. Why did you get out of doing MMA? I was old. I, was old. <laughs> I, I wanted to keep doing it, you know. Um, I was 46, I think, when I stopped, 47-ish. And my guys were like, keep going. And I'm like, fuck, man, I want to. I want to keep doing jiu-jitsu and training with you guys. And each year of, ju- of uh, MMA is like a dog's year. It's like take seven years off your life, man. It's The camp is fucking just ruthless. 
and the damage you sustain from all the, you know, percussion that you're doing standing, you're boxing, you're doing Muay Thai and wrestling and jiu-jitsu and swimming and lifting weights and all this, all the preparation is necessary, you know, and I was just going, fuck. After five fights, I was like, man, I am really beat up and I was already beat up and I was more beat up and I was like, man, I, I didn't want to go out on a loss, so I did do a, a Strike Force pay-per-view and I won and I was like, Man, should I keep going? And they're like, keep going. And I'm like, fuck that. So that's the only reason I stopped. If I was fucking, you know, 30, I would have fucking been champion of the world. But, you know, the, the guy, my student that really went the furthest was uh, Luke Stewart. And uh, he's notorious for being robbed for when he fought Andre Galvão. That was like the, the one there that would have set him up for, you know, the top tier and everything, but after that, he was just like, fuck, man, those guys fucking robbed me, and I was like, fuck, yeah, they did, and, um, and he opened up Seven Sun Tattoo and is very, very successful with his, uh, his, uh, tattoo shop. Yeah, it's, sometimes the, the judges or the refs get involved and they kind of make things a little disappointing and hard to continue. Um, you've started your own tournament there. How has that been going? Uh, everybody likes uh, my format and everything because uh, it, it's not gonna be uh, you know an advantage win. It's not gonna be anything. It's gonna you're gonna fucking keep going until somebody taps. And uh, I did one here in SF. Then we went down and we did one in Los Angeles. It didn't get the uh, turnout of like the of the masses, you know, the lower belts. But we did a lightweight, heavyweight. Uh, tournament for uh, brown and black belts for money and they fucking love the format and then uh, Canada had me up there for uh, a KO finisher and they fucking they fucking loved it uh, the Canadians went crazy that's 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 the format that everybody liked I'm like no stand up tie your belt keep going and then pretty soon they were getting into like the fourth or fifth round where it's like 25 minutes and that's when uh, you can see the guy break psychologically right there in front of you and in front of his opponent. So it was pretty fucking cool. So that, like that submission only style tournament, it's nice to have a couple of good submissions you're going to do, but it's also required that you won't uh, the mental toughness and not breaking when you're exhausted or not showing that you've, you're starting to break. Exactly. Is is that how? If I come in your school and it and it's like open mat or something, do you set time limits? Do we do we roll for some amount of time and rotate, or do you just kind of pair up and roll, or how's it how's it work over there? Well, it's you're going to get multiple partners, and we're going to switch really quickly and continue to go until you know as many rounds as we want to go. Uh, it can be like you're going to do a minimum of six, and then you know there's a lot of uh, tournaments that are are geared like that, so. Every six minutes, you'll switch and get a new opponent, and you'll do six sixes at the very least. And then, if, if my purple belts or my brown belts or my black belts are getting ready, all of a sudden it's going to be six seven, six eight, six tens, you know. And then there's three to four sessions a day. That sounds like a good way to train. If if I'm watching uh, watching a technique that you're teaching online, 
how important is it for me to try to do that technique like that day or that week uh, in school while I'm, while, while I'm well, rolling? That's what I try to tell the guys is that uh, when you get that move like tonight, what we've been doing all week, if you can execute it when the guy knows what you're doing, you know, because that everybody's been doing it for an hour or so. Then you try to execute the move, and the guy's like, I know what you're trying to do, but if you can impose the, the movement correctly with all the technique applied to it, it, that's the best day to do it, you know? Yeah, for me, I'm not real good at remembering all the moves that I've learned over the years, but if I could if I could manage to pull it off, I also remember it more likely, it seems like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the key, you know, is repetition. Like right now, it's... Uh, 9.48, everybody's starting to show up. We're going to drill for an hour, and then we're going to train a lot. That's, that sounds like a good day. Um, how has uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu changed over the past 10 or so years? Oh, man, the, the information. Like, we didn't have the Internet when I was white and blue belt. <laughs> I remember when we got that, but we used to bootleg VHS tapes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so we bootleg VH tapes from fucking Brazil and it would show up here where we put it, it would be black and white. We thought, oh, wow, they still only have black and white TVs, but it was just the current is different, you know, and um, now there's so much stuff on the Internet and little kids are so fucking hip to the technology that you'll see little white baby belt kids doing shit that I didn't learn until I was like purple or brown belt and they're they're pulling that shit off you know and they do it right so I think the uh, the next few generations of jiu-jitsu is going to be just crazy you know they're the kid we have like so many people here in the United States we have excellent coaches we have really good physical preparation we have supplements we have a, a lot of edges that are going to come in to be factors in the future where, you know, we're going to, just like everything else, man, we're going to take it over. That that sounds exciting. Can some, do you notice that some people use the internet and they try to learn the techniques and they do it incorrectly or they're not doing um, what's right for them as far as trying to do their online learning? You have to learn everything, but you also have to have someone who knows what part? What parts are going to fit for your game? You know. Yeah. There's a bunch of pieces I got in my head. They don't fit my game, but I know who to give them to. You know. So if I just if I just see somebody doing a cool move, and I want to learn it and try it, it may not work for me at all, really. So. Well, uh, yeah, you might not have the right body type. Yeah. You might not have the right flexibility. You might not, you know. Yeah, there were moves that Half would teach me that I didn't even comprehend, and then all of a sudden one day, I, you know, I, I had a recall, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Now I fucking understand this move. So some things are a, te- a, a time thing, you know. You you weren't supposed to understand it yet, you know. But uh, you got to realize what what part what game what your game is, or you have to be well rounded and. I think that's why it's so tough here for me to give a a blue belt out. Yeah. So uh, everybody always says, fuck her, how long is this guy going to be a white belt for? Well, I don't know. 
that's up to him, you know. So I'm looking for a really a lot of uh, quality, you know, in in a person's game. You're, this is not a place where you're gonna just get fucking belts handed to you because of your attendance. Is is uh, the blue belt when you when you give a blue belt to somebody? Is it all performance based, or is there some um, aspect of um, how they interact with their other students, or, or what, what do you uh, look there, for there? There are different guys, like I said. You know, there are guys that are competitive guys, and there are guys here, there. You know, so there's different blue belts. You know, they're competition blue belt. You know, like everybody here, like I always say, is gonna get good. I don't care. How long it takes you, but everybody's going to get good. And definitely, you know, a competition blue belt compared to like normal house blue belt is a totally different thing. If if a student comes up to you and they're going to do the uh, KO finisher tournament submission only, um, what advice would you give them if this is their first tournament? Well, A, yes, you know, first things first, get on weight. Because you don't get to cut weight, you get to weigh in and walk straight out on the mat. Uh, I always make them, you know, diet, uh, conditioning, and then a shit ton of jujitsu. You know, that sounds good. You in gotta because it, it, the, the days of like being like a, a hobby guy, a yeah. hobbyist uh, jujitsu competition guys. It's coming to an end. These guys are fucking training like pros. Yeah, I think that's, and you mentioned that, like, more of the science is coming behind it with the supplements and the, the off the mat training and, and conditioning. And, and it's, it's harder just to just get away with being so much better at a certain level than everybody else. You gotta dedicate uh-huh. the time. What advice would you have for a student if they're trying to develop their own game plan? themselves and man first thing you know everybody's got to get used to that the training it's like your first six months it's just you know your body adjusting to the percussion and the strain and stuff like that you know and then after that you know the little growing pains there in the beginning uh, then it's time to you know if you're not talented like me I'm not talented um, I just worked I work out work talent by by, you know, doing what I need to do. I, I still drill with these little fuckers. I'm going to go over here right now and fucking drill for an hour. My game and the shit that I like to do and then some stuff that I don't do, but I need to know what, what the guy's doing to me. So, yeah, I, you know, the best thing is, like, first, you know, lose that fucking chub, get in shape, and then start to get your head right and start to drill a lot both sides you know, you got to do both sides. You can't be one-sided. And, um, yeah, man, all it is is just time. you got to get that 10,000 hours. When you say drill a lot, does that mean, um, like, just we're going to drill a certain armbar today, or are we picking a position and we're working from that and drilling Absolutely that? All, all the aspects. You're going to do positional training. You're going to do scenario training. You are going to, you know, uh, hone Hone your skills. Uh, the things that you do well, you're gonna keep doing them till they are unstoppable. That sounds like uh, a good way to get uh, better at jujitsu. Um, 
You mentioned earlier that you're sponsored. Uh, can you mention your sponsor for me? My sponsors are Shoyro Kimonos, uh, Q5 uh, Supplements, uh, Biorhythm. Uh, who else do I got? Scion Cars, uh, Barbary Coast Dispensary, uh, Strike First Supplements. Man, I got a lot of good sponsors <laughs> now. Finally, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Oh yeah, Bauer Fine knee braces, which you can't do jujitsu without if you have knee problems. And uh, yeah, and we defy, you know, Mission Twenty Two and NorCal Fight Shop. Uh, I got some good uh, good people behind me. Absolutely, and that's an important uh, thing. It's not just uh, a team there in your gym, but you have a team that's uh, supporting you uh, w- with some sponsorships. It sounds like, and that's awesome. Yeah, I know. It's my, my my sponsors usually just give me stuff, which is a big fucking help, man. Because before my my little supplement uh, output, when I was you know just training hard and and trying to keep up, if I was lucky, you know, you get a T-shirt here and there, <laughs> but. Now I get, you know, my supplements, which I really need to recuperate, you know, and I don't represent any companies that, that I don't use, you know, I, a lot of people are like, yeah, it's fine. We'll sponsor you. Put this on your, on your gear. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't like your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use your stuff. I don't like your stuff. Right. It doesn't have your seal of approval. Yeah. Well, I'm not just a fucking mercenary. Yeah. That's that's good to know. Um, how can somebody keep up with you and and and, and keep their eye on what you're doing? Well, um, I got a new website, Kurt uh, uh which just got put up. I guess it looks really cool. And then move of the week. Uh, right now, I'm I'm gonna have a few move of the weeks coming out. And um, I did a couple move of the weeks for Japan. When uh, Kenya from uh, Jiu Jitsu Priest, uh, Jiu Jitsu Priest was here, and uh, he's over there in Japan, so that's and it's really cool. I have the fan for you, and and so uh, you know that's the, that's the best way. You know, you can contact me if you want to come here and train with me. You can email me at Kurt at KurtOcean.com and move the week and all that shit. You know. And this weekend I'll be on TV, which is a trip. With Anthony <laughs> Bourdain? How'd that go? Yeah, that's, that was a, it was a trip, man. He hung out here for a long time. He's a really nice guy. He got his blue belt over there at Henzo's in New York, and he was totally legit, bro. Everybody was asking me, is he really, really? <laughs> oh, okay, he's really, really. That's cool. Did you eat weird food? Took me out to dinner. Took me out to dinner at this really, really like posh place where I was fish out of water, you know, in a, in a, a, how can I say, an environment that I'm totally not used to. Yeah. I could, uh, I could, I could see him doing that to you just to be fun. Well, it was. (laughs) So I don't know what they're going to show. I'm, I just remember the cameras being around a lot. So they're like, I wonder what Kurt said. And I'm like, fuck, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the part that they can show, they probably will. Yeah, I know. The the best stuff will probably be uh, just left uh, behind the scenes action there, probably. 
We'll see. You sometimes you'll say that you you fucked up a long time ago. What does that mean? Ah, when you let the position get to a to a place where there is no redemption, you know. It's more important to. Uh, I, I think um, a lot of times people want to learn how to get out of a submission, and it's so much easier to get out of the position first. Would you agree to that? Yeah, everything is. You can't expect to let it get to worst case scenario and then get out. Yeah. It jumped an hour forward again. All right, Kurt, anything else you want to uh, talk about before I let you go? Nah. <laughs> I'm going to go train, man. Cool. I'll, I'll try. To, uh, sorry for keeping you the, uh, from training there. And uh, Anytime, man. You want to keep, give me a call anytime, just give me a call, bro. All right. Thanks, Kurt. Later. Yep. Bye. I want to thank uh, Kurt Osiander for giving us the interview and, and his time. He's a busy guy, and and uh, I had him. He was on my on Skype, and he did the video, and and some of his uh, students were like messing with him throughout the interview. So he's a little distracted, but uh, I really appreciate him that uh, giving us the time. And 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 he's a super nice guy to, to to work with for this. And I sent him a message. I don't know him. And he's, you know, replied within five minutes. He said, F yes, you know, uh, wouldn't you want to do this? And so very nice guy to, to me to, to work with. But, um, and I didn't bring him on the show, um, to argue with him. So when he, uh, Gary, I think we've got to talk about it a little bit. When he, when he mentioned, uh, when he called, uh, beginners classes, he said that those are for faggots. <laughs> you gotta, I guess you gotta say it. And that, and that, that bothered me, uh, as a person who was interviewing him. And that, that obviously bothered the person who he said it to when he, uh, asked a question. Yeah. Yeah. The Yelp review. Yeah. And I think that that's, that bothered, I think, a lot of people. So I think we should address this a little bit. Uh, you know, and I, and I feel bad because uh, I kind of asked him a couple, a little bit about it, but then I, uh, you know, moved on and, and talked about beginner classes and, and why he doesn't, you know, like that idea. And I feel like I maybe should have went a little bit deeper and, and got his, a uh, little bit more of his opinions about this. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's our show and, and he's our guest and I didn't want to argue. We've never brought anybody on and gotten an argue with him, arguments. So that's, that's good, I think. Well, and you're getting arguments from me, Byron. We do that. You know, that's, that's just us though. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> but I, 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 to be fair to him, you know, he's not here to talk about it anymore. And I, I feel like I should have asked him more about it during the interview, but I, I don't know. I, I, I asked him a little bit about it and I kind of got where he was going with it. And I felt like it's time to move on. I didn't want to make it about that, but now it's time to make it about that, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I think he got a little bit of his opinion out there and now it's, I guess it's time for our opinion. And, and that's what it's great to have everybody have their own opinion. And if you want to train with somebody, go train with that person. It, uh, you know, that's what's, United States, you know, if, if you don't like the way somebody feels or their opinion about something, they're entitled to that opinion and they're entitled to feel that way and you could either support them or not. Um, but um, I personally don't have a problem rolling with somebody who's a homosexual. Like that's, I don't know, it's ever been a big issue for me, but I would, I guess I understand it if, if somebody does. You know, if Kurt is nervous or not comfortable i want kurt to be comfortable while he rolls if he's not comfortable with somebody uh rolling with somebody who's homosexual i that 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 itself doesn't bother me gary what, yeah. how do you feel about that yeah you know I'm, I'm the same way i i don't know if i've ever rolled with anybody that's homosexual i probably have and uh, i don't i don't think i'd care uh, but you know 
that's like you said earlier. This United States teaches their own. Uh, some people are going to be offended by it. Um, it's uh, and we have our choice to train at that place if we're not. Um, um, but I, I guarantee you, where Kurt has the uh, "don't ask, don't tell" policy, kind of you know, like uh, the military. I guarantee you, he's probably rolled with a with a bunch of people who are homosexuals. But uh, it, it'd be kind of hard to train there. Because you'd really want to be up front and talk to your instructor. Um, that would be the, the tough part right there. Yeah. In, in Okay, the don't ask, don't tell thing. I, I guess I have a problem with that too because I'm okay learning about the students I train with and, I, and I'm trying to help. And if they want to share something with me, uh, I should be okay with that. You know, unless I'm finding out that they murdered somebody in the past or they've got some, you know, domestic violence problems or something like that. But if a student comes to me and, and says that this, is this going to be an issue? Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage to stand up and ask that question anyway. But, uh, no, not, not to me. It's not a problem. But if they did that or if he somehow found out, like, they don't ask, don't tell. If, you, I mean, if they find out, then what? You know, are you not welcome? Yeah. There? So uh, that's that's kind of uh, to me that's that's not the right answer. It's I guess it's you know, he wants to be you know let him just not know. And and Gary, I you know we've been training for how many years? Is it since uh, since two thousand and two? I think right. So yeah, I can't. I guarantee you we've trained with some guys who are who are homosexuals. There's I mean there's just no way to not. Have, we've trained with hundreds of people. So yeah, yeah. I don't. It does. I don't want to. I don't care to think about it. I don't care to not think about it. It's just we have, and they didn't tell us, evidently. But I, if they would have, I would have cared. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, and you, as many people as you train with, you know it's happened, and uh, it's not like right off the bat we shake hands, fist bump. Hey, by the way, I'm homosexual, and hey, I hurt my <laughs> knee. Watch out for that. Um, no, that's it. Just doesn't happen that way. It's normally when you train with somebody, you don't get to know them right off the bat. You you, you may know their name. You may ask them a couple of basic questions, but it's going to take some time till you find out. Most people, you know, aren't walking around with a shirt that says I'm homosexual, or or I mean, it's it's something you're not going to tell somebody the very first time you meet them. So uh, it, it takes a little bit of time, and and you know, kind of like what you said, it, it's always good to get to know your people and. Um, and same thing as a student. I, I, I want to be upfront with my instructor. Um, and, you know, you don't necessarily have to be upfront. I, I'm just the guy. I like to get to know my instructor and I want my instructor to get to know me. Yeah. It's, it, it goes back to, if you would listen to last week's episode about building relationships with, between the student and the instructor. If, um, you know, I feel like some of these, people i've been training with i've been training with for so long if if they were hiding something like that from me because they thought if they want to not tell me that's fine but if they thought i wouldn't train with them because because of that uh, um i guess uh, you could tell me now you know like it's not gonna bother me um <laughs> but it, that's to me is is something that you don't have to hold shouldn't have to hold back but i i, I do understand kurt not being it's kind of like it, there are some women that don't want to roll with men that's just that's some women don't, and I don't try to convince them. Oh, you should totally roll with guys. You know, it's it's great training opportunity. It's you know, like if you don't want to roll with men, or if you're a guy who doesn't want to roll with a woman, that's uh, that's fine. And if if you're if you're Kurt or somebody who who is uh, 
not comfortable rolling with somebody who's homosexual, don't roll with like, like he's like, I guess that's so. I, I could I could understand that, but to me it all kind of blows up when you when you throw that f bomb out there and and you call them faggots. That, that yeah, to me is different. yeah, I kind of agree with you there. It can totally blow up at that point. Yep, because that's like that's a derogatory term towards. I mean, it's it. I don't use that word. I mean, I I I, I don't have is. On the show here today, you know, not today, but on the show, uh, I clean up my language the best I can. You know, I try to try to speak uh, with clean language. I'm the one with the. I'm the one. With the <laughs> so uh, I, I do have to watch myself, and uh, I'm the I'm the bad one of the group between Byron and I. But 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 that word, uh, that particular f bomb is is not something that I use, and I don't really associate myself with people who do use that word. I mean, it's if, if I'm hanging out with somebody and they throw out an n bomb. I'm not going to hang out with that person. Like it's, 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 it's not somebody who I want to hang out with. And, and the same thing, you know, it's, it's a derogatory term meant to, meant to hurt people. And, um, and even, I mean, I, I hate to, I hate to, Kurt was such a nice guy to me and, and, and he was so outgoing and, and, and so, so friendly and helpful for the interview. And, uh, I feel it's awkward to talk about this after the fact, but I didn't want to get into a massive debate. I felt like I knew where he's coming from. And he's in San Francisco, of all places. So he's he's yeah, uh, yeah. he's in he's in a place where he gets to deal with this quite a bit. But it's that particular word does not say to me, "I don't want to train with gay people." I don't like gay people. Almost like, I, and I can't put that word in his mouth. But but if 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 I'm Kurt and I have don't have a problem with people who are homosexuals, I would stop using that word because that's what it tells everybody to me. Yeah, you can also go the other way too, though. Um, the nice thing about this country is you're free to be who you want to be. And uh, Kurt's one guy, he's – you know where you stand with Kurt. I mean, like we said, we, we may not agree with the words. And, and if I was uh, homosexual, I'd you know really take it offensively. Um, but the nice thing is, is United States, we can be who we want. Kurt is – you know where Kurt's coming from. He, he's not going to – He's not going to be the person he's not. And then us as people, we we can choose to train in his gym, choose not to train in his gym. I mean, he's very successful. I mean, he's uh, one of the most successful guys around, and and uh, and and he probably has offended more people than than most people would. And uh, he's still uh, still doing so great. It's uh, that's the nice thing is you can make your choice. Um, like you said, so you don't hang out with people who necessarily use those words. If you hear hear words you don't like, you're not going to hang out with them. And uh, consumers have that choice to make. And uh, um, you know, Kurt, you know where you where he's going to be at. He's not going to pull any punches. And and uh, a lot of people still he he's got a very successful school. Yeah, I think this is. Uh, I mean, it's a, I don't know if it's a hot topic, but it's a controversial thing. Uh, to some extent, about about you know being being gay and on the mats, and, and uh, I think I've I don't know I think I've expressed where I stand, and and I uh, to me it's even it's a harder road because uh, you know like I want to help the people who um, you want to help everybody yeah. who wants to train yeah and, I mean and, uh, talk I've known you for so long and that's what your big thing always is and I mean starting this podcast you're like hey I want to try to help everybody especially beginners anybody and you're always the the guy trying to expose as many people as possible to jiu-jitsu i mean you know like today you introduced me to armand 
and uh, you 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 introduced him to jujitsu, and you're like the uh, uh, jujitsu Pied Piper. <laughs> I guess <laughs> you're always always uh, looking, uh, you know, trying to spread the spread the art of jujitsu. Yeah. I, okay. Uh, maybe this will make up. I feel. Um, I tried looking uh, briefly online about is there some sort of a support group? Um, if you if you have a passion for jujitsu, just happen to be gay. Uh, you know, is there a group online to to to, to socialize with and to, to share your problems with? Because I I can't really see. I'm a straight white male, but you know, like like it's hard to, to get other points of view. I realize that that's a hard thing to do. Um, so I can't I can't really see what it's like to be a woman grappler. I can't really see what it's like to be a homosexual grappler. Like I I, I can't. But if there's a community, um, maybe a Facebook page or somewhere online that that you can go and, and communicate and. Um, I haven't. I didn't find one, um, and I got to Yeah, yeah, that could actually be. Uh, I mean, we've had women on, and, and it is different for women. Some people, I've heard people say, I, "I'm really afraid to roll with women. I don't want to." And I'm, I'm the opposite. But yeah, I, I think it'd be great to uh, maybe even talk to a homosexual grappler, have a homosexual grappler on the on the show, and just. Uh, I think that'd be kind of neat, just to um, hear other sides and uh, uh, opinions. But I think it, I I can't find a support group online that that where um, people are meeting up and sharing their their common concerns about this and and they're and they're there for each other. You know that's that's one of the beauties of the internet is because you you might be one in a million or one in a hundred thousand or whatever. But if you go online, suddenly there's a lot of you that people that that have the same problems and concerns that you do. And so if if maybe this is you, maybe it's time to make a Facebook page about it and 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 try to try to do a little bit of a uh, build a little bit of community and support for each other because I guarantee you there's a lot more out there and and it's time to to uh at least I couldn't find one. Maybe there's one and I just don't know about it and I'm just and you know I don't know about that. But um and it, and if if you have something like that and and you want like to voice your opinions and, and your struggles and your difficulties you've had, we'd be happy to talk to you. And and so I'll also go this way. If you are having troubles in your own gym and, and you're feeling like um, you're in a tough spot you know, in, with this particular uh, topic, send us an email. We'll get a hold of you, and you know it doesn't need to be anything on the podcast. But we're, I mean, I'm I'm here, and I know Gary's here to help people with jujitsu. And if this is a big struggle, and it probably would be, send us an email, and we'll be happy to to chat with you um, off the air. I mean, it doesn't need to, you know, if you want it to be a podcast, we can try to figure out if it, if it would be a good good show. But uh, you know, we'll give you a little support and, and, and tell us and and, and just be an, an ear to listen to. I guess so. I don't know. I feel yeah. like I'm rambling. I like that <laughs> idea. Awesome idea. So our email is bjjbrick at gmail.com. If you want to tell us about the show, uh, tell us we're a bunch of idiots and, and, and we, we didn't do a good job this show or tell us you enjoy it and you, you learn a lot from the show. Or if you want to share some, uh, frustrations on the mat, bjjbrick at gmail.com or hit us up on the Facebook uh, page, send us a message on there and uh, we'll be happy to chat with you and, and get to better know, uh, you, our friends. Yeah. Speaking of hitting us up on the Facebook page, Check us out and uh, give us a review on iTunes. Uh, make your review funny. We like funny reviews. Uh, tell us what you think about us. And then send us an email, uh, either at the bjjbrick at gmail.com or um, on the Facebook page and let us know that was you. We will get you out a BJJ Brick Gee Patch. Um, a small Gee Patch, just like our, our slogan there uh, with uh, Byron uh, 
hit me in the face with a brick, uh, <laughs> which is never, which wasn't fun to film. But uh, we will uh, get you out of BJJ Bricky Patch. We appreciate your support. Yeah, we had to do that picture several times because I kept missing, or it was, it was like a glancing blow because you were choking me with the microphone cord at the time. So Gary got a little yeah. boosted up that day. I got a little overzealous. Uh, one more thing about the interview here. If, uh, you are in a beginner's class, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, in my, so uh, again, it's just an opinion. You know, Kurt has his opinion, but there's a lot of beginner classes that are run very well and that, that really stress the fundamentals of jujitsu and will get you into a, uh, a place where you're quickly understanding jujitsu. You can go to the regular class and learn a week long of, uh, a particular gi choke from a position you can't get to. And eventually you'll learn jujitsu. But in a beginner's class, uh, they might show you, you know, how to use a guard, how to get out of side control, how to get somebody off your back. Like these are things that are okay to do in a beginner's class. Um, not again. I'm not trying to argue with Kurt. I understand he's got a, he's got a tough room of guys in there, and 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 he likes it that way. And he likes you know if you're new, you're going to get beat up for a while. And some people like that. That's how Aaron and I had it. We got beat up for quite a while, but. If you're in a beginner's class and you like it, keep going. You know, it's you're, I wouldn't yeah, throw the F-bomb at you. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely going to learn stuff. So uh, if you're uh, – every school is different. Some schools have them, some don't. So like Byron said, if you're in a beginner's class, don't let uh, – keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're As long as you're training, as long as you're training, that's the most important thing. Yeah, and, and, unless uh, you've been in a beginner's class well past time to, to graduate on or, and you're not just helping out, so – <laughs> yeah. I spent seven years in the beginner's class, and uh, for the last six years, I was undefeated. <laughs> Gary and his uh, reign of undefeatedness in the beginner's class, that was amazing. I was impressed by that. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, like I said, I, I got a shirt that tells me I was undefeated for that many years, <laughs> and I wear it everywhere. Uh, Next week, folks, do not miss it. Um I know you probably all have heard of her. Emily Kwok, the world champion black belt, will be on the show. A lot of people have seen her on Stefan Kesting videos. That's where I first uh, uh, heard of her and seen some of her videos. But um, she is going to be on next week, dropping knowledge, uh, helping all of us get better. So do not miss next week's episode, Emily Kwok. Good times, as always. If you want to uh, connect with us on social media, go for it. we got Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, basically anything else you could Pinterest, uh, you know, wh- wherever you are socially, type in BJJ Brick and see if we're there. We'd love to connect with you and uh, and get to better know our friends out there. Yep. Speaking of getting to better know our friends, if you happen to be through coming through the Midwest, hitting Wichita, Kansas, drop us a line. We'd love to uh, train with you. Get on the mat, and uh, uh, we will not. We we don't even care if you tell us your sexual preference. We'll train. <laughs> There we go. It, yeah, just send us an email at bjbrick at gmail.com. Let us know what days you're in town, and we'll try to get some time to, to train with you. That'd be good times. Yeah. Gary, we've come to that portion of the show uh, where you get a little bit nervous about uh, about your audio book. Oh, Byron, I never get nervous. That's true. Yeah, except when I'm on the mat with you. <laughs> Not today you weren't, but uh, nervous anyway. We were on the mat. Every week, Gary's working on a new audio book that he seems to have no idea what it's about when I tell him the title of it. I don't know. That seems kind of weird. But, uh, Gary, uh, are you ready to talk about your audio book this week? I'm ready. What do we have on my audio book this week, Byron? I don't know if it's audio or visual or, or a little movie you're doing here, but it's called 101 Places to Use the Shrimp Crawl. And 
And just can can you just share maybe one or two of these 101 places where you could shrimp crawl and not be on the mat? Well, Byron, the name is the name says it all. The shrimp crawl. Where else am I going to do the shrimp crawl? But into Red Lobster. <laughs> you know, what's my motto? Shrimp and ate easy. And every time I I go to Red Lobster, I park right out front and I shrimp crawl all the way to my seat. And it draws a lot of looks and. Actually, four or five times, some of the other patrons have paid for my meal. So uh, it does work. Shrimp wow. ain't easy. The Red Lobster I've been to, I wouldn't want to lay on the floor. But uh, I do respect this this idea that you have here. Do you, Tell me, Gary, do you get unlimited shrimp? You know, I do in certain months, you know, when they're running a, a promotion for unlimited shrimp. But most, of the, most months they don't do that. So uh, I may have to get something else. Can you dish out a little bit of shrimp crawls? Well, the nice thing is they have shrimp cocktail year-round. <laughs> so I'm always getting the shrimp cocktail. There we go. That's, that's just one. There's a hundred There's a hundred more places. I imagine one of them is probably the mat. Yep. But uh, there's yep. a lot well, more places. one's Long John Silver. <laughs> Gary basically is shrimp crawling into various restaurants around the country, and he just shares his story in this uh, in this book. Yeah, yep. One's the Tulsa Aquarium. Always slip into there. <laughs> oh, the Dallas Aquarium is a is a really nice place. Yep, and there's like 27 aquariums in the United States, so I go to those places. There we go. Shrimping ain't easy. Yep. Uh, yep. Gary's doing it with the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, we look forward to you getting this book out. Any idea when it's coming out? You know, like most of my books, it'll probably never come out. Just like Gary, never come out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're, we're trying to keep it fun here. And I do want to thank her for, for jumping on here and giving us the interview. I hope I wasn't too, uh, hope we didn't, we didn't talk too much about the interview after the interview in, in a way that, uh, you know, I didn't want to put opinions in. You, you heard the interview. So, you know, any opinions afterwards were um, Gary and I talking and, um, you got what you got from Kurt, and, and, and then we shared a little bit of our opinions. So, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll just move on and, and not have a big deal. Yeah, about awesome episode. So. Uh, we appreciate Kurt, uh, one of the best around, uh, coming on our show. And so, I mean, good show. And uh, next week, like we said, we got Emily Kwok. So, uh, uh, two awesome. Well, John Will the week before. Man, we just have uh, shows get better every week. And uh, speaking of weeks, go check out Carlos Sanders' move of the week. You know, yeah, he's he's putting a move out there for you, and uh, he's answering your questions and, and showing your moves. So, so check it out, Carlos Sanders' move of the week. But we will uh, check you guys out next week, and of course, stay sweaty, my friends, and don't forget to shower. Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.